Arrgh, grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideshed Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Kerry Warbis and Matthew Weir. So Kerry, you and I have a very sort of Jim and Chelsea relationship when it comes to um, bringing up children. I look to you for advice. This has happened on the pod. It's happened off, um, off air as well. And I thought you'd be incredibly proud of me this morning. Um, instead of a steak bake, my son asked me for a sausage roll. Looked me straight in the eye and said, can I have a sausage roll, daddy, for breakfast? That is tremendous parenting. <laughs> did you. you did Did you provide the sausage roll? I went to the shops and bought him one. Oh, nice one. You can't beat a sausage roll, can you? Organic, organic, um, uh, free-range sausage roll, Kerry, of oh, course. They're not as good as really awful ones, though, are they, from Greg's or wherever? You know, he's, he's, a, he's a burgeoning growing boy, only the best for him. But, um, mm, yes, yeah. um, I hope, you know, you've already said it, you're feeling a sort of swelling pride for me. Um, so, hopefully, it seems like Jim and Chelsea are having a sort of the, you know, the same closeness that we enjoy. I did enjoy Jim watching reality TV. Yeah. Uh, that was fun, wasn't it? On the on the TV that Chelsea was baffled by the size of and thought he should get rid of more books and have a massive screen hung on the wall instead. Make a cinema room. <laughs> um, yeah. He, he's, he's such a darling, isn't he? Yeah. Um, where, are you on the fence with Jim, um, Matthew? <laughs> No, I'm firmly off the fence and rolling around in the luscious green grass. Um, did you not think it was a little unrealistic that a teenager was so obsessed with having a TV to watch things on? In my experience, they just watch things on their phones mm, all day. Yeah, I mean, they get things like that wrong, don't they, quite often? Also, the use of tunes to talk about music, I thought was a little tunes. bit bizarre as well. Um. Yeah, there was something else that she said that was silly too, and this this whole reality thing uh, that they were watching sounded highly convoluted. You two are like a different species to me. I, all this stuff washes over me. I just, <laughs> I just, I just they, they tell me they tell me that Chelsea likes to watch a big TV. I'm just like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and as I've said before, I admire it, but it's quite sort of like you know, I just when it's uh, we're very different creatures. I think when it comes to listening mm-hmm. to the arches. But I think there was an element of reality to it because she had her music on, didn't she? And the TV on without sound. So she had something there to look at while she was doing her college work. And I I tend to do that. If I'm working on something, I will. I have to have some sort of sound going on in the background. There's the music you work to and there's the music you listen to for enjoyment. So like when I'm working, I need sort of like thumping, kind of like pounding sort of um, music. No, I can already hear Matthew's filthy brain. Whirring into action with some kind of smutty joke. I was thinking Enya. But, you know, it's like you, you don't listen to quality music when you're working, do you? You need something that only just takes up enough of your brain to keep you from being distracted. No, it has to be quality, but a different vibe, I suppose. Well, so come on then, Gary. You're, you've, got an, you've got an Excel spreadsheet to fill. Who's, the, who's going on? Oh, God. Yeah, I've got... Yeah, I used to play loads of things like Rye. Have you heard of Rye? R-H-Y-E. What name is like the Sussex Town? <laughs> no, they don't have a H. Oh, um, okay, sorry. Loads of different stuff. It doesn't really matter, I don't think. Just yeah, the quality thing has to be there. So we agreed that in spirit they got it right with Chelsea, but you know they're they're off as usual. They they need to get this and they need to get a teenage consultant in. But it was incredibly heartwarming to hear mm. um, Jim and I've been moaning like crazy for months and months and months. And um, I think we've even had a review that's called out my negativity. I can't remember exactly, but I, this is this is the week. Just so everyone knows, this is the week that I want. Mm. Like, you know, 
Kate shrilly shouting at people, whether you know enthusiastically or otherwise. Jim just oozing avuncular warmth and kind of love. Jazza being kind of buffoonishly charming. Tracy clucking around the place, being a you know fantastic you know mother and friend. Um, even the Valentine's um, scene was tolerable. You know, set set within the set within all the lovely Jim and um, the rewilding action. Gosh, that's lots and lots of positivity. I, I get what you mean. It was more enjoyable. There weren't sort of um, sillily hyped dramas, were there, which were totally unrealistic. There, yeah. it, it, it just kind of nicely meandered along. I guess the flat line in all of it was the the lawyer meeting, wasn't mm. it, with uh, Roisin yeah. Drinkwater and Alice. As opposed to drink vodka. I mean, have they done that on purpose, to be honest, you know? That's very good. I didn't even think of that. Mm. Um, this is no surprise, but, oh, okay, thank you for that. <laughs> I wouldn't really expect Roisin to set a courtroom no. alive, would you? She was quite robotic. We have a very strict policy. It's not really policy, is it? But we tend to we tend to try and concentrate on the plot and what's going on. We don't tend to kind of mither too much about the quality of acting, but I found it really difficult to listen to mm. the whole um, lawyer scene. There were lots of people on Twitter saying the same. They were kind of going, "Oh, she's from the Amy school of acting, isn't she?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, and perhaps Adam. You know, it was all very uh, kind of quite flat, and then overemphasizing odd bits and quite aggressive for an initial meeting. Mm. And also, sort of, uh, um, the, I, I I couldn't decide whether it was the microphone. I they didn't sound like they were recorded in the same room as well like there was a kind of depth and warmth to the way that Alice was recorded and then um and I was like maybe this actress has been brought in and been forced to do it over the zoom and um you know mm. uh, um um the actress who plays Alice is sort of in the in the Birmingham studio and I was I was trying to make excuses for why it sounded so discordant but it just was yeah I think as well people were pointing out that she talked about custody which is no longer a current term uh which was a bit well, it's quite interesting on Twitter. You know, like the experts on Twitter come out, don't yeah. they? The whole the whole thing was a bit of an infomercial for the process, wasn't it? I think, really, more than anything. But I mean, if if all that Roisin offered was uh, meditation, she could have just gone to Kate, <laughs> couldn't she? Very good, Matthew. <laughs> Alice was pretty much saying, um, "Chris is a better parent. He can be the primary carer. That's fine by me. It's all my fault because of my addiction." Um, and she did say she she um, hasn't had a drink for six months and three days. I was like, blimey, it's been six months. Lightweight. Real, uh, you know, two <laughs> years, that's where it starts to count, Kerry. Ah. Not drinking, yeah. Yeah, well done. How about five days? Oh, is that you, Matthew? It is, just because I've had a lot of work to do. Does Mari have to tie you down, tie you into the bed so you can sleep at night? Instead of like, no, just, just a shot, just a shot. <laughs> Come, Matthew, go to bed, my love. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, because I I bought a selection of pucker nighttime teas when I was over in the UK at Christmas, and they just oh. seem to send me off at night, and I'm gone. Unlike the nighttime tea that I brought here, which gave me insomnia, which I think was just some <laughs> sick bastard in the factory. I thought you were going to say you bought a load of pucker pies. <laughs> I wish can't bring pies back anymore. Yeah, that's you? that's where we are as a country. That the, you, you um, I saw someone's giving travelling tips, and it's buy vegan sandwiches. If you're going to travel, anyway. 
However, they didn't pick up on my my. I brought a like a chicken tikka wrap back through last time I came back from England, and they didn't notice that in Bristol because I think with everything else they have to deal oh. with, they just couldn't be arsed with checking bags anymore. You're such a maverick, you know. You're confessing on air that you've smuggled <laughs> yeah. chicken tikka across the international boundaries. It's like Midnight Express all over again, isn't it? We're sort of sweating with your shades on. Years from now, Scorsese is going to make a movie of me. I'm walking through <laughs> Bristol security with Gimme Shouter by the Rolling Stones playing. Um, speaking of savoury pastries, there was a steak bake um, overkill, wasn't there? Well, I mean, I you know, I think Matthew and I should just keep quiet for a while while you, you get, give us the law, Kerry. What is the politics of steak bakes in the house <laughs> or any pastry meat snack? Oh, you shouldn't ever just help yourself to stuff without saying, is this anyone's? Is it all right if I have it? You know, and that was the whole lesson, wasn't it? That um, she sort of went, oh, what I should really be doing is thinking about things before I do them, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Revolutionary concept. Yes. Thank you, Jim, (laughs) for teaching her that. I don't know how long that's going to last, by the way. Mm. Well, it'd be interesting to see if she misuses literally Mm -hmm. from now on because he set her straight on that. But, um, shout out to Russ. She passed her English recent. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Where is Russ? It's funny, this, like, Russ hasn't been on it. Uh, Lee hasn't been on it. And, uh... Are you saying we've killed their career? <laughs> yeah. They don't, they've not reappeared, have they? Any other um, Archers actors who don't have the guts to quit, just um, <laughs> come and talk to us. <laughs> You'll never be on it again. <laughs> My um, speaking of steak bakes, my mum messaged me yesterday to tell me uh, she's normally you know celebrity death informant. Mm. She normally tells me when someone has died, but yesterday she got in touch to tell me Greg's have launched a fashion range. Oh, have they? Is it hats? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't dared look. All I just wrote back very quickly that I don't want anything, <laughs> just in case she was nipping out to the shop. Because there were those like um, was it Lidl or Aldi trainers? Got them. Did you? My friend James got some tra- of those trainers too. I've got a stunning pair of little uh, flip flops, which I haven't even worn, and I've got a, I've got two pairs of little sliders. Have you actually got the trainers? I have got the trainers. Yeah. Have you worn them outside? At Christmas, not in England. Last Christmas when I was here, so nobody <laughs> I knew would see me. I've toyed with wearing them into mm. school, but I just think it would be like, imagine getting picked on by kids and you're the teacher. <laughs> yeah. Did you Do you leave them in the middle of the kitchen floor? No, that's unacceptable. Mm. And I'm totally on board with Jim on that. Anyone that leaves shoes, socks, etc., anything that's mm. like from the lower half of the body lying around the house is uh, not, that, not that I don't <laughs> live with people that do that, but it's just completely unacceptable. The lower half of the body. <laughs> So basically, they, there has to be intense control of everything below the waist and yet naked from above the waist. That's the, the weird way. Yeah, and you can throw your tops wherever you like. <laughs> yeah, they can go anywhere. <laughs> he was quite hardcore, wasn't he, Jim, on that? I loved how he was explicitly laying down the slots that you can use the bathroom, the fact that you have to tidy away the sofa bed by 7.30. <laughs> you can't leave any items or they'll end up by the duck pond. <laughs> Do you see Alistair as a 15-minute bathroom man? 15 or 50. Brushing his teeth, two minutes. In the uh, number shower? Two, 
Um, oh, no, no, I'm thinking about oh. the whole time in the bathroom. Okay. It, but it just, just, you know, lying in the fetal position, crying in the shower, that's at least 10 minutes, isn't it? Breathing <laughs> into the washing. Rack, racking, up, racking up cat because you know you've got to work with Jacob all day. <laughs> Racing bars of soap down the bar to betting on which one will win. Come on, Pink, come on. <laughs> you can do everything in 15 minutes, can't you? I've got loads of hair and I can do that on my head, by the way. I like the bit where Jim really was hardline, wasn't she? So she was like, so if uh, you're going to put my PJs on the green and the end of the scene was him just going, <laughs> yes. Long-term listeners to, to the podcast and um, bikes and further than that to me and Kerry will know that I've referenced many times that Kerry is as honest as the day is long, very straight shooting. Like there's not much, there's mm-hmm. not much, um, there's not much sugar to help the medicine go down, is there, Kerry? When you, you know, you have a point to make. No. Um, and and I think actually, you know, with Jim, it's like yes, you might go to his house, and you might for the first ten minutes, you might, might be like, whoa, there, buddy, <laughs> come on, calm, calm down, cool your jets. But actually, it's front loading the stress, isn't yeah. it? It's saying let's get it all out of the way, get all the unpleasantness out of the way, and we can have a lovely few days. We know where the dividing lines are. We know where the lines to cross are. And we'll, we'll get on fine. And it, and it you know, and it, it worked very well. I, I don't have the courage to behave like that. I'm, I'm a cowardly custard. No, I just think, you know, knowing where you are with people is so much better in the long term and short term. You know, just woolliness and vagueness. I mean, good grief. Just don't, don't get it. What I did think about Jim, which was a bit sad and touching, and I don't know whether they're going to take it anywhere else, is that he referred to um, wondering whether he would ever find love or he actually just said oh that's all in the past it's never going to happen but they had mentioned carol tregoran at the valentines that he was speaking to her i'm jim lloyd i'm hyacinth gill how nice to meet you hyacinth (laughs) yeah do you think they're going to you know expand that do you think jim and carol might be a thing or why are they mentioning that he's because a hundred percent He's going to be knocking boots with someone. Jazz is going to end up leaving house because he can't stand the um, the sound of foundations <laughs> rattling anymore. My uh, mum's husband's going to be very happy that Carol Tregoran got a mention because when I was home at Christmas, he asked me if she was still in it and then proceeded to ask me if a bunch of characters from the 50s were in it. <laughs> and I had to say no. Um, I'm surpr- There was a, I don't know if it's Socrates, Aristotle. I thought Jim might have said that. There was a quote from one of those two. When they finally lost their libido, they said it was like being released from the service of a cruel master. I thought Jim might feel oh, like that. What's cruel? What's cruel about it? <laughs> I think every man feels that to some extent, don't they? It's kind of like this, you know, this sort of uh, horrible imp that's kind of just demanding far too much of your attention. And it's you know, when you can sort of master it, it's mm. quite a good, good feeling. It's like, oh yeah, thank God, I'm not. Not everything I think about is dictated by that anymore. I wonder if that's more a male thing than a female thing. And probably both. I mean, I, 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 um, I do. So, I mean, obviously, like this. If you draw, if you draw the sort of like the Venn diagram of womanhood and manhood, the overlap is sort of like you know almost total, right? You know, the 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 differences are fairly fringe. I mean, this you know, the uh, sexism requires on kind of exaggerating those differences, doesn't it? But mm. um, like, so you know, it's like it's it's like when you know, I would say my peak sexism for me was when I was a teenager, and I thought that all women and girls were kind of these um, untouchable little fairies for whom sex was an abomination, and you know. 
um, didn't realise you were all the wanton sluts that you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, gagging for it, Kerry. Um, but you know, you know what I mean. Like, it's, it's sexist to kind of it's sexist to kind of like um, turn women into princesses and angels. So I, you know, I, I, well, it's a very long yeah. thing. I don't think that the difference is that huge. I think the female libido is just as. It is, but, but is it all bullshit then that men think about sex every sort of three seconds or whatever that stat is? That seems like crap to me. What do you think, Matthew? We've got a sample size of two. I think I don't think about sex. I don't think I've ever thought about sex sort of, you know, every 10 minutes. He can't hear us because he's thinking about sex too much. Did you see those clouds that above Edinburgh that look like boobs that were caused by Steam Dudley? Steam Dudley? <laughs> Storm Dudley. Steam Dudley sounds like a porn name, doesn't it? Steamy Dudley. <laughs> Before people who love the classics get in touch, it was Sophocles that said um, he felt as if he had escaped from a frantic and savage master. Mm. So I, mis- I misremembered it. But sex and sex and love are different. And um, was Sophocles talking about sex or love or the? He was asked, "How do you feel about love? Are you still capable oh, right, of okay. it?" So it depends what you mean. I think when mm. they ask, are you capable of it? Maybe he was talking about the emotion. I don't know. Okay. Because Jim seems, I don't know, there was a sadness when he was saying that, as if he hasn't given up. I hope he hasn't. I don't think so. I think he he might just want a bit of companionship, mm. don't you? And it all got kicked off with the Valentine's night. I thought Amy wasn't really in a strong position to be slagging off how boring and how weird other people were. Definitely. I mean, at some point she said she wanted, I mean, was when Alice said, you just have to be sociable at high speed. I was like, well, that's you, (laughs) Amy. And then she said later, she she wanted her ears to drop off. And I was like, the feeling's long been mutual, mate. Oh, she's so awful, isn't she? What about the bloody questions that they were asked on the prompt cards? What makes you happy? What makes you sad? Well, that's yeah. nice, isn't it? What makes you sad? That's like an opening line on a social dating thingy, Bob. And how many uses are there for a piece of spaghetti? Yeah, get Jade back. <laughs> Shove it up your nose. That reminds me of a, um, the, the, the GQ or Esquire did a test years and years ago. Um, and it was basically the idea was the the I you know an IQ test is a very inexact way of measuring intelligence. It measures one very specific kind of intelligence, and so they tried to do a creativity test, and one of them was um, uses for paperclip, and uh, how you had to come up with as many uses for paperclip as you could in one minute. And Stephen Fry got something ridiculous like seventy two. Mm. Um, because you know one of I remember one was um, poking out a sheep's eye, like you know he just just obviously goes off on one but um yeah so um i immediately thought of that whether it's interesting or not i don't know well you'd have two categories wouldn't you for a start one would be cooked and one the other would be uncooked for the spaghetti actually i've just remembered i tweeted a couple of weeks ago that i used a spaghetti and actually that's wrong it should be a spaghetto for a for a stick of spaghetti i used <laughs> this podcast <laughs> listen to what i did Socrates, and then you're suddenly kind of like um, correcting your italian grammar sorry anyway Kerry, yeah i was in the kitchen and i was measuring a, i wanted to measure a space where a, a, a bread bin would go and i didn't have a tape measure so i used a spaghetti to measure the height and the width of the space 
And a spaghetti. Show up at B and Q, quoting <laughs> using that as a unit of <laughs> measurement and see how far you get. A spaghetto is twenty six centimeters. Very good. Just so you know. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> so our um, our yes, Instagram sorry is. Sorry about that. Um, I liked it when they said at the beginning. I think it was Rex and Alice when they first walked in. Were like, I can't believe how many people have bought tickets. And uh, obviously we were all going, yes, nor can we. Yeah. Listen, how many there's the budget to actually put on Mike? Just you three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say we only there was no actual evidence. I just reckon that they just took very strong LSD and walked into the bull and none of that was actually. <laughs> there were happening. only them in there. Oh, my God. If that's, if that's, Amy, if yeah. that's Amy on LSD, there really is no hope for her. I mean... I think the thing is, is it's this... Uh, sorry, I'm a much trodden path again. It's the good people who are boring. It's like being good's not entertaining. And, you know, Kate, Kate screeching and squawking excitedly about kind of, you know, coppicing was amazing. But Amy talking sincerely and affectionately about being a good friend was just dull as dishwater. Yeah, horrible. I think, you know, there was it was... Dramatic irony was piled high, wasn't it? With Alice being concerned about Amy um, finding a partner and, and asking, how was Chris when you saw him last? Uh, and at one point, I think um, Amy quickly changed the subject, didn't she, from telling her how Chris was and something. Oh, looking forward to this or whatever. Look, look, a shiny thing over there. <laughs> um yeah, I think we're you know we're meant to all be heavily still suspecting that Amy's got the hots for Chris, and when when Rex, a lot of Twitter were thinking, oh Rex and Amy are copping off, you know they they were paired up on the Valentine's night, but it, it wasn't them two for well for a start Rex doesn't fancy her, but um hooray, but uh, I think what Rex did was make Amy realise what she's looking for in a person, which is just stay at home watching telly by the sounds of it and someone who gets you and you don't have to try too hard and she was just thinking chris 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 wasn't she mm. at that point do you think they've written um amy in such a way that she can develop naturally into being the kind of uh, just a second alice um you know yes the timing's not so good but um uh you know he's single because of you and i'm you know i want to get do you think because you know it's gonna when it kicks off they're gonna mm. have to that character's gonna have to change gear quite quite quickly um because it would it, it, it's not plausible that she would just be kind of like you know oh okay i'm so sorry but i'm gonna keep on dating him like mm. you know in order to keep on dating him if she does she will she'll have to kind of like um, believe her own narrative that it's completely fine and if it all pans out with the house that brian's waving around for um chris amy will be next door to alice with chris and quite loaded probably <laughs> i'm thinking rex and alice Rex and Alice, that's my um that's my prediction. I was thinking Rex and Kirsty, but she's no, but she's, off now. she's buggering off now, isn't she? Or is she? But um yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that was it was actually that's one thing. It was quite a crowded week, wasn't it? There was a lot of stuff going on. Um I was, I was amused, Matthew, when um, when Kerry sent through the notes this morning to suggest topics for the for the show. And there was, um, and uh, the whole divorce thing was very was 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 seen through Kerry's gimlet eyes. Brian being amazing and kind and lovely, and it was, and I had to. It took me a couple of seconds to work out. Oh, that's how Kerry sees. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, at the very that was the other thing that we were hearing when you had on Sunday. Well, way back on Sunday, wasn't it? Jim and Tracy had that scene where they were looking at the Red Wings, and she was discussing 
or explaining why Jazzer had ended mm. up so broke. And then that was then that was uh, zooming in between Brian and Neil, where Brian was clearly trying to get the get the measure of how things were mm. with Chris. And then yeah, the offering of the cottage, I was utterly cynical. I felt that was a very utterly cynical mm. move by Brian. Yeah, and also I just want to qualify that what I did say as the topic was Brian's buttering up campaign. So I know he's, um, you know, he's not yeah. daft. He, your, he's... your last tango in Paris is what you were thinking there, Jeff. <laughs> you filthy beggar. Unbelievable. Leave Brian alone. <laughs> yeah, I think, oh, I don't know, I've got mixed feelings about this. He... It is in the best interest of all for everything to be as amicable as possible. Just full stop, isn't it? It's 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 definitely in Brian's um, interest and home farms for the finances to be oh, not as I don't know as as smoothed out as it as they can be too to home farms' advantage. Um, I, I'm I'm envisaging Chris going nuts and trying to take all he can. Really, does it? Does that seem plausible? I mean, they haven't written it. They haven't written Chris that way. Uh, I mean, what, what, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Shouldn't it just be they sit down and they go, "This is what you're entitled to," but this is actually going to ruin the farm. Okay, how can we do this in a way that you know does it over a period of time acknowledges your mm. rights, but also doesn't? No, because they could they could make the point that it's actually going to be better for. Martha, if the farm stays in one piece and does well, to, to Brian's point. Mm. So, look, we want to give you the money. We want to give you what's yours, but let's do it in a way that you know protects your and my family. Easy. I reckon that's what they might do. They might um, skip over Chris and Alice and put Martha on the deed. Oh, good thinking. And who, which parent wouldn't be down for that? A little bit of money now, just to help you get along. You know, acknowledge mm. the, acknowledge the expense that's been caused in the short term, but actually say, let's just put all our eggs in that very privileged little basket. But Brian was saying, wasn't he, that he doesn't really want the whole estate to be properly valued because the valuation will cost money for one thing, and then Chris is more likely to get more money if the true valuation of it is explored and described. Yeah, what else is buried underneath that land? <laughs> so he he just wants um, Chris to just agree to something far less, doesn't he? Kerry, how are you going to find feel when they when you find out that Brian's got sort of caskets full of Krugerrand and Nazi gold buried <laughs> on his property from him? <laughs> uh, very sensible investment. <laughs> from a purely financial point of view, you're probably right. <laughs> Which one? Which cottage do we see Chris settling in? The Rookery or the Hobbit? I, I think he's much much more of a <laughs> Hobbit person. I loved it when Brian went. I did have I have nothing to do with ch the choice of that name. Um, yeah, what a stupid name for a house. Are they different? These houses in any way? Mm, they're both kind of well. What was one of the things that he said about child friendly? It was they were yeah they were child friendly. Mm. Oh, Kerry, we got. We got to hear for the first time that the treacherous stairs are actually steps and they are exterior. I know, and they won't, wouldn't pass current building regs. They were referenced twice, weren't they? I hate to be the one to break it to you two, but eventually these stairs are going to fall out of the show. <laughs> we're not going to hear from them anymore, so you two are going to have to... <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've, we've now got a stairs versus steps debate, so we've got that. Um, that'll mm. roll on for another year. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still think something's going to happen with them. Definitely. 
it's just to whom. What you think it's that they've been telegraphed this relentlessly that there has to be some plot line attached to them. Yeah. By the way, does this just lazily mean that Tom and Natasha are now just going to go back to the flat after all of the shite that was brought up by Hazel? It will be. It'd be a stupid place for them to go, wouldn't it? Yeah, but Tom really. I mean, I know they, he, him, and Chris made their peace, mm. but he did go round there and pretty much say, like, "Well, we should have had first refusal." And Chris was like, "Well, yeah, that's." I lovely. think that was yeah. It was just a pig-headed temper thing without being thought through properly because he didn't like having something taken away from him. I think. Yeah, but I mean, at this point, how much? How much uh, head wrecking do you think is going on up at uh, Bridge Farm now with Tony, Pat, Natasha and Tom? We haven't heard from mm. them for a few weeks. So it's probably it's so fraught up there now. I mean, Tony went round to Peggy's just to chill out and oh, Hilda yeah. savaged him. <laughs> and Peggy thought he made far too much a fuss of it. Yeah, she blamed him, didn't she? That's classic Peggy, like, you know, gets absolutely mauled by a cat and was just like, he's never yes, understood cats. Such a idiot. Um, I think <laughs> Brian did say that the flat was far too pokey for Chris and Martha. So surely it's far more pokey for two adults and two babies. Yes, we're bringing logic into the archers. Aren't <laughs> we, we try to sometimes, don't we? Maybe they should measure it in spaghetti <laughs> or spaghetto. <laughs> yes, how big is that accommodation? Gary, you could channel your inner Tony, make yourself a little model village out of um, <laughs> spaghetto or spaghetti. Uh, all of Ambridge. Mm, yeah. One th- one thing I did discover trawling Instagram this week is there are there are people making dioramas of archers' houses, including the bull. Really? Yeah. One of the bull. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll um I'll pull it up. What? Actually, it the bull could be quite fun. You've got you've got it's crowded out front. You've got Linda chained out there. You've got a, 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 a <laughs> Alice. <laughs> um, uh, the scarecrow, got, yeah, Alice, like scarecrow Alice. You've got a dead peacock um, lying at the back. You've got um, the corpse of. Um, you've got you know various hit and runs in the in the lane round the back. Was the peacock called Eccles? Yes, because there was an Eccles cake, wasn't there? Has Jim been? He froze the peacock <laughs> and keeps making cakes of it. Yes, <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, he was, and he was rolled pretty flat as well, wasn't he, Eccles? So I think you could just whack him between two pieces mm. of pastry. Peacocks are not protected fowl, are they? It's just swans. You're, you're allowed to eat a peacock, aren't you? The names of the extra function rooms at the ball, did you catch them? Oh, I didn't make a note of them. I can remember them being said. What were they? The Plymouths, mm. and I'm fairly sure the other one was called the Flood Bar. Which was like that's a bit on the nose. Yeah, given that the whole village flooded about five or six mm. years ago, what is it there to remember, other than the flood? By the way, um, how, are you guys getting battered by Eunice yet? Yeah, um, Eunice is. Uh, um, I just said you probably can't hear it on the mic, but yeah, the, the next door neighbour's tree is smashing into my office. It's pretty yeah. mild here. Uh, I haven't noticed. The kids have both gone off to work. Um, I hope I see them again later. (laughs) (laughs) Are schools closed where you are, Kerry? I don't pay any attention to schools anymore because my kids are too old. I don't care about Mm. anything that just involves other people. (laughs) There you go. There you heard it, everybody. I guess um, Live Aid was just wasted on you, wasn't it? (laughs) Why are they doing this big concert? (laughs) 
I was, I was in a tent in the Yorkshire Dales when that happened. I didn't even watch it. So, what is sorry, Kerry? I, this is this is maybe I can't imagine you being into camping. Yeah, no, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was this a, was this a, a was this an attempt to um was this a, a failed relationship? Uh, it wasn't a failed relationship. I was with him for seven years. Okay, so the, the relation the relationship was intense. <laughs> it was. That was the only intent moment in the relationship. To be honest, we did we never did it again. At the camping, I prefer yurts where you get a an actual double bed and a wood burner and carpets and things like that. I've been been to a few of those. I, I don't understand the camping snobbery. Like I've got, I've got the full kind of, you know, like leave the house with nothing but the stuff on your back and, you know, be gone for weeks um, kit. And I've got the recreate your living room at home, uh, you know, living room in the field um, set up as well. And I don't understand any snobbery that exists, exists at either end of the spectrum. It's like, you know, cause if it, wouldn't you rather go with camp, wouldn't you rather go camping with people and them to be happy and comfortable than try and force some kind of, um, extreme perspective on it's like oh no it's not real camping unless you're cold and miserable you say that but i reckon ryan early has with storm eunice coming has just basically grabbed a tarpaulin <laughs> and taken all his loved ones and his animals up to the side <laughs> of a, a hill somewhere in 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 herefordshire oh, i guess that, that was right because it was like what was it two days before he was on the pod with us there was that the the, the, the tweet of him in a howling gale up in the scottish yeah, islands with his little dog pinned in his tent yeah, bless mm. him. Yeah, he did mention his dog didn't talk to him <laughs> for a couple of days after that, didn't he? Which, you know, you know, my dad's dog does that as well if he, he has to go. So I, I presume there, I mean, you saw the notice my dad got down yeah. in, the, in, the flat, in the flatlands next to the Severn. I mean, there is, I was thinking today, when I walk around that whole area, there is not a single hill there. And it's touch and go really at how the, the, the level of the Severn is almost... Mm level with the land so they're going to get a bit of flooding i'm sure and it's spring tides and stuff isn't it as well at the moment maybe we'll um ambridge um succumb to eunice as well did you see the um report that uh uh reactions to storms with women's names are, 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 are it's people die because they underestimate women named storms ah uh, especially names like eunice yeah what would be a good well, storm carry there's a carry there's a <laughs> no one would go out <laughs> exactly, exactly yeah <laughs> everyone down juicens buying you know four by four and uh um six inch nails i mean that that hurricane matthew that hit the the u.s wasn't mm. it a few years ago i mean it killed about 500 people my mum just sent me a whatsapp one day going finally a hurricane <laughs> named after you has there been a hurricane peter very limp, sort of weak oh, just hurricane. In your no, pants. No, it, it, would posture, it would posture as being this big, kind of manly, meaty, sort of threatening storm. And then would be, you know, be, be like a handheld fan by the time it reached you. And they go, is, is that it? Yeah, exactly. Shrug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. That would be about the, the sound of the wind. What did we think of um, Hurricane Peggy and her shakedown of Rex, where she just came in a million times saying, now look. I'm not here, like Gus Hedges in Drop the Dead Donkey. It's, you know, I'm not here to influence you in any way. You make up your mind, but you better give my granddaughter yeah, the job, you she's little got, shit. Yeah, she, she's got some splendid ideas. <laughs> I don't think so. Do you know what? Kate is an insanely excellent character. I absolutely loved her this week. She's magnificently horrific. 
And it, it struck me this week, especially that she just totally exaggerates everything, doesn't she? If nothing is just flat or calm mm. or straight, everything about her ideas are amazing. The confidence she's got with very little to actually show for it um, is just breathtaking. And she's she is quite a good persuader and, and does sound quite convincing. I, I can imagine if someone who didn't know her interviewed her properly, uh, they might think, blimey, she's good. Uh, obviously, Rex and Peggy yeah. do know her, and so do the other people involved in this. But um, she did sound as if she knew what she was talking about. But I just think the reality of what she would do on a daily basis or weekly basis in that role would be negligible. Yes, there was that moment where she reeled off a whole bunch of things to Peggy, and Peggy just went, "That just sounds like jargon." She went, "Well, that's the way the world works now." <laughs> So just loads of empty, vacuous statements yeah. with nothing to back it up. I think I think I'm down with that. Actually, I th- I do believe that's how the world works. I mean, the bit that shocked me was when Rex said, uh, "Yeah, she's late," and I was just thinking, "Yeah, that would be that would be one hell of a thing to get past." You know, you need to turn up. You know, if you're going to an interview that matters to you, you you are sitting outside mm. half an hour early, yeah. aren't you? And she didn't even remember to feed the bloody cat. Did you hear that? Yeah, that was a. Uh... A series that was a chain reaction wasn't it she didn't feel feed hilda hilda's in a bad mood tony walks in hilda savages tony <laughs> yeah and peggy gets annoyed with tony yes. this is how chaos theory is taught yes. in schools now matthew yeah that's well that's how i'm going to teach it from now on i'm going to draw this up when i, I think when we that is awful isn't it because kate was like oh yeah yes it was my turn wasn't it and you think god you've left your ancient grandmother to deal with a task you were supposed to do this does not bode well for someone doing a, a job does it no and I think yeah she's late to the interview but in her her mind she's just walking around what will be her mm. domain because I mean if you wouldn't you wouldn't end the interview if you didn't know the interviewer saying so are you going to take me on I must be one of the front runners I mean, you might say that, but they're probably writing psychopath yes. on their notepad. Because the she criticised the toilets, the paths, said that there's nobody there. And Rex was like, oh, we don't actually want crowds of people here, to be honest with you. Wasn't listening to anything he was saying. And then rounded ev- the whole um, thing off with, where's he ever going to find a better candidate than me? <laughs> so she's just amazingly arrogant. It's fabulous. And we'll definitely end up working with him. Yeah. And then the most obvious thing that hadn't occurred to Rex, despite having a long conversation with her recently, hadn't occurred to Phoebe, even though she lives in the same Mm. house as her, was to let's quickly go and find Kirsty, who's walking around counting beech trees as part of a volunteer group and offer her the job on the spot and just say, we're going to completely cook the books and make sure that you get the job, even though we're going to interview everyone. Yeah, how it had not occurred to anybody that Kirsty is the prime candidate is very silly, isn't it? Not when there was the obvious tri- move of her going to Bulgaria on the mm-hmm. on the on the cards. Absolutely, she's been offered a three-year managerial contract at Locomotive <laughs> Plovdiv. Yeah, Polish towels are really hard to fold. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have said before, what are they going to do with her? Um, and, you know, this is this is it. They're getting rid of Phoebe. They're getting rid of Kirsty, um, making some room for, you know, 
Well, God knows what. The gills, finally the gills. A couple of people on Twitter were saying um, maybe this is the trigger point for Roy to say to Kirsty, actually, please don't go. I really love you, which is a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, That's bullshit. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Particularly as Lex has offered her the job Mm. or set her up with it. Bit awkward. Oh, I'm not coming now, Lexi, because you remember your ex. <laughs> um, I think Rex has feelings for Kirsty, though. Maybe there's mutual respect mm. due to the the nature of the nature, isn't there? I think. Well, about. you were saying about how often do men think about sex? I think Rex shows that it's possible to be a man and never ever think about sex. He does seem quite sort of neutered or sort I of asexual. I liked him this week, though. I thought he ha- handled everyone along the way really sweetly and nicely. I, I thought he, si- he came across well. Sorry, Kerry, it wasn't necessarily no, no. this. I just was like, just that, you know, he doesn't, He he's, he's not, they tend to write characters quite nakedly in terms of their kind mm. of like their wants, you know, Rex being one of them. And Rex has shown no interest, even when he was with, um, what's the chops? It wasn't like he was kind of all over her. It was quite sort of companionable. Yeah, no, I didn't think you were dissing him. I just thought it, it re- reminded me that I was surprised that I actually quite liked him this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've been—I I mean, I love the Fair Brothers. Mm. I think they're—I think they're both fantastic. I thought, I've long thought they were good, a great addition to the. Um... Yeah, he's a brilliant hedgehog whisperer. Okay, guys, there was a slight break in proceedings there while we um, tried to argue over how we were going to (laughs) (laughs) segue into the end of the show. Uh, Mentions of prickly proceedings. Um, What else did we come up with, Kerry? Nothing. (laughs) That was it, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, that was it. (laughs) Um, So there you go, a little glimpse into the the production magic that that brings together the immaculately produced um, cider shed. Um, So, Kerry, uh, if people do want to, um, uh, I don't know, hedgerow something, oh, no, I'll give up. If people do want to get into (laughs) it. Talking of little pricks. Oh, whoa, whoa there. That's never been proven. Um, uh, so yeah if people want to um, prick our conscience on twitter yeah, or yeah. um come to twitter and um oh god i've forgotten the bloody thing now it's a bit easy to do cutesy stuff come and have a snuffle around <laughs> our hedgerow <laughs> have a glass of milk by the fireside um or something you know the cutesy yeah, stuff's easy but yeah <laughs> <laughs> at the size of our tweets um yeah it's at the cider shed pod on twitter and we're edging closer to the 2000 followers mark very exciting uh lots of fun join us there and also leave us a lovely review on itunes with words attached if you can be asked Matthew's done a great job um, getting those ready for us to send them out. Um, so if you have the opportunity to, if you see them, please forward them, please ping them to someone you think might be interested. Um, Matthew, you're doing it on Instagram as well, aren't you? I am. We're on Instagram at the Cider Shed Pod. So as you said, we're going to put some quotes from some of our lovely reviews up on our Instagram feed. So as I've said, previous nice reviews, they'll be going up there. And if you want to get in on the fun, then write a review on our iTunes five star review, and we'll get you up there as well. And anonymity assured, of course. And we've got a Facebook group called the Cider Shed Podcast. But a few um, people mentioning Groundhog Day to me there, so I'm obviously going to get on get onto that as soon as possible. Oh yeah, Matthew. Yes, yes, yes. yes. You made you made a promise. You made a promise. It's all by the way. It's a pleasurable mm. promise to keep. You are. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. 
anyway i really enjoyed this week um i feel i hope the newfound positivity came across um i really enjoyed the archers i always enjoy the the podcast um and thank you as always to kerry and matthew uh, i felt it was fun yeah me too see you all next week see you guys bye Hello.